What's driving healthcare experience in the year ahead? Leading hospitals and health systems look to the NRC Health Experience Perspective for the top insights and trends that are inspiring transformational change in 2024. Register now to join the live national webcast and get first access to the report. Sign up today at nrchealth.com. Hello, everyone. This is Jacob Emerson with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Wesley Burks, who is CEO at UNC Health in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Dr. Burks, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us on the podcast today. Uh, Jacob, thank you. I've been looking forward to spending time with you. Yeah, likewise. And before we dive in, I'm hoping you could tell us a little bit more about UNC Health for our listeners who might not be familiar. Thank you. As, as we begin, UNC Health, our mission is to promote the health and the well-being of the people of North Carolina. We feel we are the state's healthcare system, and it encompasses 16-plus hospitals all across the state, literally from the mountains to the coast. I work with about 40,000-plus teammates, and we are dedicated really on a daily basis to taking care of patients uh, all across our state to provide them high-quality health care. Yeah, and in that vein, Dr. Burks, you you recently penned an op-ed for Becker's uh, talking a little bit about what you just said mission-wise and, and advocating for healthy-based care versus value-based care, which, of course, is something we, we hear about often uh, in healthcare. So can you explain for us what you meant by that? For me personally, I've really never liked the term value-based care. It connotes to me as I think about it, a financial price tag on a person. And I don't think that's why patients want to be taken care of. And I certainly know that physicians and healthcare providers, they want to take care of people and help them become healthy or stay healthy. Uh, they don't do it because of their value financially. And the, the premises of value-based care uh, can be good. Uh, they can help take care of populations of people. But as we talk about value-based care uh, and you read about it, Really, you don't get to the fourth premise of value-based care as people write about it to talk about a patient. Before then, it's really financial information. And that's where I think it gets cross with the people that take care of patients as well as with patients. Our goal and why we went into this is to take care of people and help them become healthy and stay healthy. And the financial piece is important, but as when we continue to drive, that's the primary reason we're doing it. I don't think people get the care they deserve. Absolutely. So essentially you're saying your motivation for becoming a physician, a, a pediatrician, uh, was not motivated by, by the financial uh, incentives for, for your patients. Um, like you mentioned, Dr. Burke's value-based care, it's not a widespread model for the most part. And it really hasn't produced the cost savings or the care outcomes many may have hoped for uh, in many of the models we've seen. Um, like you mentioned, it's it's been in our healthcare vernacular for a long time, for for decades. Um, so why do you why do you think we aren't seeing the results many may have hoped for in the past? So, but from a big picture standpoint, then our care in the U.S. is a patchwork of different systems. We have different parts of the federal system. We have uh, state systems that overlap. We have third-party payers that overlap. And then we have healthcare systems that are self-insured and they all work differently. If you step back from that, then the 
the really third-party payment as well as the government payment to a certain degree is still on a fee-for-service model. There's a little bit of change there, but that's what incentivizes healthcare systems and physician groups and others to be able to work as the fee-for-service model. And that really doesn't fit well with trying to take care of a patient, take care of a patient within a population to help them become healthy or stay healthy. We know that 80% of healthcare particularly in the underserved areas, is related to non-medical reasons, whether it be food or housing, whatever, access, transportation. And the fee-for-service model does not address that. So if we think about from a big picture standpoint, the value-based care, as they describe it, is really talking about a person within a population. That's good. But then how do we help them become healthy? How do we help them stay healthy? And that's where the conundrum of healthcare in the U.S. is right now, is that we want to do that, but then the financial underpinning of it doesn't incentivize that. It doesn't reward people for doing that. Absolutely. So a fragmented landscape and a, and a foundation that is fee-for-service at the end of the day. Um, you obviously oversee, though, one of those fragments. Um, so, so what models would you say are working at UNC Health? specifically that, that achieve that patient-first focus we're, we're talking about? I work with some amazing teammates, uh, physicians, and others that really have done amazing things. Our primary vehicle to do the healthy-based care in our value-based care world is our UNC Health Alliance. So it's our clinically integrated network, mainly in the triangle, but really across the state and our population health services. And they've partnered with local partners. Uh, they partnered with Blue Cross. Uh, last year, our alliance, they did more than 150,000 preventive services, cancer screening, hypertension control, childhood immunizations, things like that. And they were able to, in the scoring that was developed for the rewards of doing that, they got 100% on their quality score for the second year in a row. And the cost savings that generated out of that were reinvested back into the network so that we could expand the primary care network, expand the population health infrastructure. That works because they're able to take care of a person within a population to do these things. I mean, those are some amazing outcomes that, that you achieved through through partnering with your, with your local payers. You mentioned Blue Cross. I have to say, though, Dr. Burks, when we, when we speak with other health system CEOs right now, or we listen to what they tell investors during earnings calls, um, uh, many are not talking about um, good relationships with their local payers right now, but a time of strained partnerships and relationships. So I would ask you, in this time of increasing tensions for many systems with their local payers, what's your advice to, to the other leaders listening to us? about how to forge these, these meaningful partnerships that you've been able to achieve at UNC? First, the, the issues that you're talking about from a big healthcare perspective, healthcare has changed so much coming out of the pandemic. It was changing as we went into it. It became more patient-focused. Um, it became we're much like it would be for Amazon Prime or Netflix or People wanted their care when they wanted it, where they wanted it, how they wanted it. So the means to do that, we started using during COVID because that's the only way we could take care of patients. But that those changes that I'm describing just in brief there uh, really have changed the landscape of healthcare. 
and for the third party payers in general, then again, most of their care has been based on a fee for service model. And that doesn't really fit within where I, I believe healthcare is going, which is going back to how do you help people become healthy? How do you help them stay healthy? That really is having to focus on a patient within a population and taking care of both at the same time. Uh, I would encourage people to continue to look at partners, but partners that believe in the mission that both of you have uh, and realize that not everybody will want to do that. But I do think there are some that are uh, starting to go there in bigger ways. Yeah, absolutely. It's great advice. Um, before we go, Dr. Burks, any final thoughts, final pieces of advice you would like to share with our listeners today? One is we just talked about healthcare. It's a challenging time. In many ways, it's harder than it was during COVID, although that's hard to say. I would encourage individuals and healthcare systems to really continue to focus on two people, the person that we want to help become healthy or stay healthy, and the person that we work alongside for us, our teammates. The model of healthcare that we have right now isn't doing a great job of serving either one of them. And I'm, I have to remain hopeful that we can get there may not be as fast as I hope, but we can really get there by focusing on those two people, the person that we're taking care of and the person that we're working with. Wonderful. Well, Dr. Burks, thank you so much for taking the time and for sharing your insights with us. We truly appreciate it. Jacob, thank you. It's good to talk to you today. You as well. And if you'd like to find more podcasts from Becker's, you can visit beckershealthcare.com. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm -hmm.